what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Those legs are going to be restored. That back is going to be restored. That mind is going to be restored. Those eyes are going to be restored. That hair is going to be restored. Those teeth are going to be restored. Everything that God has promised us in the book, my friend, it all going to be restored Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. Move down if you will to verse 4. 2 Kings chapter 8 and verse 4. And the king talked to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha has done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, and that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers." and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, a time of restoration. The Bible tells us of a great woman of Shunem that built a room onto her house and furnished it with some of the finest furniture money could buy for the man of God, Elisha. This woman could have had anything she wanted. She was rich. And the one thing she wanted more than anything else was a child, but she could not have children. And Elisha called her to the doorway of the room which she had built onto the house. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, you're going to embrace a son. And the Bible tells us that a short time later she conceived and she brought forth a son at the appointed time that Elisha spoke unto her. And I said all that this morning to say this, any and everything we do for God, he'll reward us for it. He will reward you above and beyond what you can even think or imagine. And some of you, under the sound of my voice this morning, you say, well, Brother James, I know when I get to heaven one day, the Lord will reward me, this, that, and the other. And yes, He may. But God's got some good things for you right now in this life. Are you, are you getting this? Nothing you do for the Lord is unnoticed by the Lord. He he takes an account of it, 
and he's not going to be left owing no man anything. Glory to God. He will reward us openly for the things that we do for him, but we have to do it with the right motivation, with the right heart. This woman had the child, and when he was about four or five years old, he suffered from a sunstroke and died. And as she held her son in her arms, she knew that the only thing that could solve this problem was a resurrection. She knew and reasoned in her mind that if God moved through Elisha to speak these words and this child came to pass as he said, then God could also move through Elisha to raise her son from the dead. And God did move through Elisha to raise that young boy back to life. As you can see, this woman developed a close relationship with Elisha. And it privied her to something special. And folks, I'm here to tell you today, when you establish a relationship with Jesus Christ, it privies us to something special as well. It all begins when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He forgives you of your sins and He makes you into a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. He will write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And you say, well, what does that mean, Brother James? The Bible says one day that we'll all stand before God and the books will be opened and will be judged according to the things that are written in the books. But they'll look over at the book the Lamb's book of life, and the names will be read. And if your name is written there, you will enter into the glory of the Lord. That's what the book says. But those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, they will be cast into a lake of fire to burn there forever and forever. And that's a great benefit today, my friend, to know that you are saved and that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And Jesus said, because your name is written there, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I've gone to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Glory to God, I got a mansion over on the other side. I don't know if it'll be a mansion or not. It might be a little pup tent, but whatever it is, it's going to be better than whatever I've got here on this earth, and I'm going to be happy with it, and you're going to be happy with it. Glory to God. God has promised us a lot of things that's over there. We only have a little bit of what the Lord has promised us here. But I don't know about y'all, but sometimes things get a little tight, and I have needs. And the Bible says that through and by the blood of Jesus Christ, now I've got access to the throne of God. And I can go and you can go boldly before the throne of grace and ask whatsoever you will. That's the book. Whatever you ask in my name, he said, I'll do it.
Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now that is if you ask according to the will of God. And understand as his child, he's not going to give you something that's going to be detrimental to you. God's going to give you what he wants you to have when you're old enough to have it. When you're grown enough to have it. When you're mature enough to have it. Sometimes we go before the Lord and we ask him for things and we've just not arrived at that level of maturity yet for him to give it to us. But if we'll stay the course, if we'll just keep praying and seeking and asking and knocking and growing and following the leading of the Spirit, one day you will have what you have asked for if you'll stay the course and if it's according to the will of God. We have access to the throne of God, and we can be filled with His Spirit just as much as we want to. Glory to God. I said, you can have just as much of the Holy Ghost as you want. And you can have fruit of the Spirit. And you can also have gifts of the Spirit. It's available to us today. It's all there for the asking. If you'll just seek Him and ask Him for it, He'll give you the gift. And And Paul said, you ask earnestly for the best gift. Whatever gift it is, Lord, you want me to have to do what you want me to do in this world, God, I want it. You ought to want God's best. You ought to desire God's best. You ought to ask God for his best. And God will give it to you. (laughs) You start meaning business with God and start asking him, you might get up talking in a funny language you ain't never spoke in before. Glory to God. I know some of you free will Baptists, you don't agree with what I'm saying, but that's fine. You just go before the Lord and ask him, Lord, I want whatever it is you want from me. And just have an open mind about it. Next thing you know, you'll be speaking in a funny language. You don't know what you're saying, but God knows what you're saying. Because he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All right. Let me get off this subject before I get some ugly phone calls. 252-299-4234. If I ain't speaking in English, I'll be speaking in the Holy Ghost. All right. Gifts of the Spirit are available to us, and we're also privy to information that everybody else out here don't have. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, John 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth, and he'll show you things to come. This woman developed a relationship with Elisha, and it privied her to some information that not everybody else had. He told her, 2 Kings 8, verse 1, He said, Arise and go with your household and sojourn, for the Lord has called for a seven-year famine upon the land. God sent two prophets, the two greatest prophets who had ever lived, performing miracles like never before, sent them to Israel, and Israel would not repent. And folks, let me tell you, when when God's grace and mercy moves to that extent, and people will not repent, then judgment is right around the corner. And today, 
God has moved in a greater way. He has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, which opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in a new way. He said in John 16, verse 8, when the Spirit has come, He'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit has been sent into this world to bring conviction. Conviction. And as a result of that conviction, millions have been saved over the past 2,000 years. It's the Holy Spirit that moves and works and convicts people of sin. But people respond to conviction in different ways. Sometimes people come immediately, sometimes they fight it. Sometimes people get angry. Like Paul, he was angry. He had watched Stephen stoned. Actually, he was responsible for it. And as the stones fell upon him, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And those words convicted Paul. Then at that time known as Saul, convicted him. And instead of him thinking about it, he went and got more letters to go down and persecute more Christians on that road to Damascus. And the Lord literally knocked him down. That's what some of us need. God can speak to you in a tender voice. And if you'll listen, things will work out for you. But sometimes some of us are a little bit hard-headed and he has to literally knock us down. And God literally knocked Paul down. And when he got up off the ground, he said, Yes, Lord. What is it you want me to do, Lord? God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention. But people respond to conviction in different ways. And sadly, there are millions that have rejected his conviction. See, conviction is something that's desperately needed in the church today. It is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that deals with the hearts of the people. And when God convicts you of sin, God is giving you permission to repent. He is giving you permission to come before His throne and to ask forgiveness and to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You just don't go before God whenever you decide to go before God and get saved. You've got to go when He's calling you, when He's dealing with you. And some of you are listening to me right now. God's dealing with you. He's working with you. He ain't throwed you aside, but you have rejected that call of God on your life. And your life is miserable. And my friend, if you keep that up, judgment is coming your way. Today, in America, we have churches on every corner. The gospel is being preached today like never before. Yeah, there's a lot of flim-flam, cotton candy, cream puff, Oreo cookie, 
a lot of that sweet stuff going on. But the true gospel of Jesus Christ is still going out today like never before, and people are rejecting it today like never before. You would think that when the whole COVID thing hit, the churches would have been full. But no. After COVID, we've got less people going to church now than ever before. They have rejected Jesus Christ. They are bucking up against the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And God will deal and work to a point. But my friend, there comes a time when the gloves come off. And when God has moved and worked to the extent that he has in this nation, and we ball up our fist at God, and we legalize homosexuality, and we all of this stuff training our kids how to be transgender and homosexuals and all this kind of stuff, we are blaspheming the Holy Ghost. What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Calling that which is good evil and evil good. Jesus healed a man with the withered hand in the synagogue one day. And those Sadducees sat over there and they watched him with a scornful, unbelieving eye trying to catch him doing something on the Sabbath day that went against their little rules and regulations. And he saw a man in that service that day, and he called him forth in the midst. And he told that man to stretch forth his hand, and his hand was made whole. Glory to God. But those Sadducees, those religious leaders, who do you think you are healing on the Sabbath day? You have broken our laws. You're doing this miracle by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Calling good evil and evil good. And our nation today is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And my friend, let me tell you, Jesus said, if you blaspheme against the Father, it'll be forgiven you. If you blaspheme against me, it'll be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven thee. And my friend, our nation is borderline if we haven't already crossed the line in blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Elisha told this woman, he said, judgment is coming. A seven-year famine is coming. Get ready. She took heed of what he said. Just as Elisha warned this woman of a seven-year famine, Jesus has warned us of a seven-year tribulation period that's coming upon this planet he said in Matthew 24, 21, Then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world of this time, no, nor ever shall be. The book of Revelation tells about wars and famines, earthquakes, disease, 
meteorites coming out of the heavens and smashing into the earth, causing great tsunamis which is going to change the entire topography of the earth. Millions are going to die. It's a horrible time. Demon spirits will actually be loosed from the pent to torment men until they will beg and scream to die. But death shall flee from them. That's what the book says. My friend, there are some things in this world that's worse than dying. And during that time, men will beg and scream to die, but will not be able to do so. That's what's coming. The book says it's coming. Elisha told a woman to pack up. Second Kings 8 verse 2, She arose with her household and did after the saying of the man of God and sojourned in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Just as this woman did after the saying of the man of God and got out before it started, God is warning us today to be ready, to be prepared because he's fixing to call us out of here before that time comes. Pack your bags. Well, what do I need to put in my bag, Brother James? Your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, which opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. You then have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. And when you hear what the Spirit is saying, you need to walk out, walk in the Spirit. And the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you've got an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, you're going to have an ear to hear when that trump of God sounds. And the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. My friend, you're talking about a time of restoration. Glory to God. Those legs are going to be restored. That back is going to be restored. That mind is going to be restored. Those eyes are going to be restored. That hair is going to be restored. Those teeth are going to be restored. Everything that God has promised us in the book, my friend, it all going to be restored one day. And it all begins with the rapture of the church. Glory to God. We're going up to be with the Lord in the air. Well, what are we going to do, Brother James? We're going to be up there with him. We're going to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know if it's going to be buffet or what it's going to be. My friend, you're going to love it. So I got to watch my portions right now. The doctor said, James, you got to back off a little bit. So I have. But my friend, let me tell you something. If he gives me free course at that table, y'all better get out of the way. <laughs> y'all, y'all better get out of the way. Because that little six-ounce steak that I'm eating now is going to be a 16-ounce steak. All you can eat buffet at the marriage supper of the Lamb, my friend. And every one of you, free will Baptists and Baptists and Southern Baptists, all of you that love to eat, I need to hear you say amen. Oh, that day's coming, my friend. 
They don't call us free meal Baptists for nothing. Freely paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, after the seven-year famine was over, we don't have much information on that famine, but it was awful. Seven years. I mean, they want a green leaf on a tree to be found anywhere. They want a green blade of grass to be found anywhere. I imagine when she came back, there was animal carcasses laying about. Dead bodies laying around everywhere where they just literally starved to death. Israel looked like a moonscape when she came back. It was an awful sight to see. The Bible says at the end of the seven-year tribulation, we're going to come back with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming back to fight the battle of Armageddon. The blood will flow to the horse's bridles. That's about six feet deep. Up to 180 miles. It's going to take months to bury all the dead bodies. Entire cities are going to be destroyed by earthquakes. Things are going to look a lot different when we come back with the Lord at the end of the tribulation period. But my friend, the Lord's going to restore it all back. Come on back next week and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to Established in the Faith. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.